Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey alongside Chris Ballas and Anthony Broom. Michigan, Ohio State Week getting you set for the 118th meeting between the Wolverines and the Buckeyes top five for the 14th time in history. Both teams undefeated for just the fourth time since these two teams have played on the final weekend of the regular season in 1935. So uh, one of the biggest games in this, you know, storied rivalry, one of the biggest games really for Michigan, uh, you know, it's right up there in terms of program history, regular season games, all of that. Uh, Michigan, Ohio State tied 27, 27 and two down in Columbus. So somebody's going to break that tie on Saturday. Uh, fellas, we're recording this on Wednesday morning. It feels like it should be Friday about at this point. This week is crawling by from my standpoint. Where are your emotions at in terms of this game at, at this point in the week? Right about there. It's like, let's get this thing going. And you want to know what's going on with Blake Corum. And you want to know what's going on with Donovan Edwards and everything else. And uh, we're going to find out more at kickoff. There you know, there are a lot of rumors and a lot of rumblings. We know the situation. And we know that uh, Blake Corum would, will absolutely play if he can. And I think that's the key word right there, the three key words, if he can. So, But here's the thing about him is that he's looking for every reason to play in this game, and it hurts him. Whereas in the past, and I've written this, you've had some guys in there that were sitting out practices and sitting out games, and mommies were telling them, don't don't get hurt, you know, in games like Notre Dame and stuff like that. You don't win like that. You win with guys like Blake Corman. Whether or not he plays, that rubs off on the rest of his team. They see that. They appreciate that. If Blake Corum can't play, they're going to be out there playing 
thing for him. And I still think they have a chance to win, assuming they can get enough on the ground. Uh, and again, we aren't saying one way or another, this is not the week to say, Hey, there's, you know, he's not playing or whatever, but to me, if they can get anything on the ground, then Michigan's got a good chance to win this football game. Yeah. I mean, I'm with the two of you guys and that like this week is just, uh, I did this, I think it was with Spencer Holbrook when I did his show the other day, we talked about how it's Thanksgiving week, but really it's, it's not, it's Ohio right. state week. And and that's kind of like the pause and the uh, you know, the few hours we get to uh, indulge ourselves on a meal. But the fact of the matter is, is that this week, every year, especially when these type of stakes have been on the line, forget the 11 and 0 and 11 and 0, you win this game, you're going to Indy. You don't, you're going to be sitting at home and waiting to see what your fate is next week. And the uncertainty around, because this is a coin flip game, uh, as, as most of these type of matchups are, the uncertainty, it, it's it's anxiety inducing, right? Especially when we don't know what's going on with the guys that are might be on the field, that might not be on the field. So, I mean, for me, it's, uh, you know, it's all hands on deck. I think the guys that we've talked to, uh, we only got two days worth of a media availability this week. Everyone seems pretty... Pretty relaxed, pretty, you know, about as locked in as you can be in that setting uh, with us anyways. But yeah, there doesn't, you know, even with injuries, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of whining and uh, or an excuse making going on. They're preparing to play and win a football game this week. And that's, uh, I think, even with what's on the table in terms of who might not play, who might play, I think they still are capable of that. Um, it comes down to the coaches putting in a game plan that emphasizes the strengths of who will be available and, uh, that's that's kind of just where we're at heading into heading into Saturday's game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I tried not to read too much into you know the talk when they're up at the podiums, but it, it does seem like they're a confident team. I liked what Mozzie Smith was saying on Monday, talking about how you know you can't win this year's game, you know, looking back at last year's game. Mozzie kind of speaks in riddles too. I love I love listening to that kid talk, but. Um, <laughs> You know, they seem to have a good mindset going into that one. And then, uh, you know, our friend Isaiah Hull was asking guys last last night on Tuesday night, um, you know, does last year's game make you guys feel a little more confident? Is it a little bit more confidence than it was hope in years past? And, you know, they wouldn't go that far to, to speak for past teams, but um, I think it has to be the case. You know, the, the fact that you have proved to yourself in the world that you've done that, you've beaten them, you've got over that hump, and, and now you're trying to do it for the second straight time. You have to do it in Columbus to win two straight in this rivalry. And Michigan hasn't done that since 99 and 2000. Um, but it, it leads us in right into Blake Corum, the Michigan offense against this Ohio state defense. So much rides on it. I mean, we talked about it on Monday, but with Michigan's offense in the second half against Illinois compared to the first half, uh, you know, completely different, even though it wasn't great in the first half. Um, but you do have a week to prepare here. Let's say he's not able to go or he's not a hundred percent or he doesn't play a lot. Um, you have a week to kind of prepare as opposed to Illinois where it was, okay, you know, snap of a finger, Blake Coram's not out there. Donovan Edwards wasn't playing and we got to figure some things out and run Isaiah Gash and CJ Stokes and all those guys. So I think that, you know, will help them a little bit depending on what that situation is. But Chris, you're right. I mean, it does feel like all of these guys, if you can play, you're going to play uh, as opposed to some of those years past when you felt like guys were maybe holding something back or, you know, not to name names or anything, but that sort of thing. So Luke Schoonmaker, uh, having him back will be big, in my opinion. Uh, he's really been one of the most steady guys on this offense, especially when it comes to the pass game. And then J.J. McCarthy, who said on Tuesday night that he doesn't feel any added pressure 
you know, with guys being questionable. But there's probably going to be a little bit more added to his plate, and I think he's got to step up. And, hey, this is a great opportunity if you're J.J. McCarthy. This could be the game that you come out uh, and play really well and that you establish yourself in not only this rivalry but for Michigan, and then that kind of propels you the rest of your career. You'll be that guy for the rest of your career. So it's a great opportunity for him. It's a great opportunity for the rest of the guys on offense. I think the old line has to really take it into their hands as well. And that was a great shot of Anthony's dog there in the background, giving us the moon. <laughs> so um, I will say this uh, as of Tuesday, there were a lot of guys practicing. Okay. So a lot of those guys are going to be back. Uh, Trevor Keegan will be back. Um, AJ Henning, I think will be limited in practice this week, but he was practicing and that's a big deal. So we're not going to give away state secrets here, but we can say that uh, this is going to be as far as it pertains to this point in the year, a relatively healthy team with a couple of big exceptions, right? And so you've got to, obviously, Eric All's out for the year. Um, Greg Tarr, I got to give him some, some credit, the long snapper. You know what? Uh, people can say whatever they want to, but he's been huge this year. So stepping up. But these other guys, Keegan, Mike Morris won't be 100%, but he's going to play. So go right down the list and then it all really comes down to the backs like we said but you know going back to your point about pressure you know who the pressure is on this week is is cj stroud in ohio state because ryan could you even imagine yeah. and ryan day could you even imagine losing two in a row and you know they're gonna want to run you out of town even though you went 11 and 0 and had a great year last year not by ohio state standards you know since they became football factory and you know everything else under jim trestle but uh, here's the thing uh, it's going to come down to who makes plays guys on, on Saturday and strength versus strength. I like the fact that Michigan is so good in the trenches on both sides of the ball. I think they're going to have an advantage here and let's not forget that Ohio state is very banged up too, which we've been hearing from their fans all week too. Well, we got this and we got that, but you know, to the equalizer to me was Blake Corum. And if he's not hundred percent or if he doesn't go, then uh, Michigan's going to have to find a different way. And maybe it is with JJ McCarthy's feet. Uh, Donovan Edwards is banged up. We'll see how much he can carry, but I agree with somebody else who said you can't win with Isaiah Gash back there uh, with all due respect to him. So uh, we'll see what happens guys, but, I can't wait. Can't wait for the Isaiah Gash legend making performance, 150 yards to touch. No, um, if that happens, if that happens, I will uh, give you a thousand dollars. How's that? Oh, it said it's out of here. Yep, there deal. you have it. Deal. All right, there it is. Um, yep. No, I think that when when you look at this Michigan offense, it's clear that like if even if Corum is 75 percent, 80 percent it's going to have to probably look a little bit different this week. And that's not, again, it doesn't, it, that doesn't mean they're throwing the ball 40 times and chucking the ball down the field. Um, but when you're an offense that is so like, you can be a death by a thousand paper cuts offense and still, you know, run the bubble screens and you're going four five, six yards uh, at a time down the field, uh, quick passes, stuff like that. Uh, I would expect uh, J.J. McCarthy to be a little more involved in the QB run game, uh, to be frank. I think that's something they've been holding back. Mm -hmm. So um, it's one of those things where I think their offensive line being as good as it is and, and seemingly as healthy as it can possibly be at this at this point in time, it sounds like I was actually kind of surprised to hear Sharon Moore say that Trent A. Jones is 100% and he'll be full go on Saturday. You don't hear those type of confirmations in a week like this, but um, confident – somewhat confident there. I just, uh, you know, the heart and soul of this football team is, is Blake Gorham, obviously what he's been able to do, but the, the engine that makes it run is that offensive line. So to me, whoever 
whoever's back there taking carries, whoever is back there, like those guys are going to have to have the game of their life blocking up front and opening up holes. And when you look at this Ohio State defense, you know, there are still questions about, you know, how are they going to hold up in a bar fight, uh, which Michigan is 1000% going to try and get them in. But you just look at some of the fundamental things like, they do play a little more together than that last year's group did. seems like they flow a little better to the football. They're a little bit smarter. Um, that's a poised group that you're going to see too. So it's going to take, I don't think you're going to be able to just bully them, uh, at least in terms of the offensive line, but uh, at least not like last year. But those guys having the best game they've had all season. Listen, I mean, I know that that Iowa game, people look back on that and say, oh, well, that's not a very good Iowa team, but I need to see an opening drive like we saw at Kinnick Stadium where you hit, you smash them in the mouth early. You let them know you're setting the tone. You're in for a football game. And to be frank with you, I think that if you have that type of performance against Ohio State, you will beat them again, regardless of who's back there. So that's just, it all starts up front on both sides of the football for them. Uh, run the football, stop the run. I know it's so basic blocking, tackling, right, Clayton. But uh, to me, this is just, this is that game. Michigan has injuries. They have injuries. Go with the guys that you have on Saturday and see what happens. Yeah, if they could start and set the tone like they did against Iowa with that offensive line, I think that would be huge. Could quiet the crowd a little bit. Uh, you know, want to get out to a fast start in this game. And, and by the way, too, I mean, Trente Jones has quietly played in the last two games. I, mm-hmm. I think Carson Barnhart's won that right tackle job. Jerome um, yep. said last week that he was full go as well. So not necessarily new, but um, – the Ohio State defense under Jim Knowles has done a, a really good job this year of improving. Uh, 59th in total defense last year. They're up to ninth in the country. This season, of course, has some tougher tests that could, you know, make those stats change a little bit over the next couple weeks or, you know, month or so. Um, but they've been better against, against the ground game. They haven't allowed over four yards per carry to any team uh, outside of one team. So, you know, even though Northwestern got 200 yards on them, and I still think that was significant with the way they did it because Ohio State knew what they were doing, and Northwestern was still picking up first downs, moving the ball, that sort of thing. They have been better against the run. Now, they haven't played a team like Michigan yet uh, with that kind of offensive line and potentially with those kind of backs. So I think that's, you know, still the jury's out a little bit more there. Um, And then a guy to watch in the Ohio State defense who can take over a game is the JT Tumalau. Eight and a half tackles for loss, three and a half sacks. He absolutely took over the Penn State game in the second half, so he's one to watch. He had two picks, two sacks in that game. I think Michigan run right at him uh, and then you know try to neutralize him uh, a little bit in, in pass protection as well. But you're going to have to be on your P's and Q's in that department because J.J.'s been getting hit quite a bit over the last few weeks. You got to – Chris, as Skeen always says, you know, it's early and often you got to keep him upright. You cannot let him get hit. Uh, let him get into a rhythm a little bit because I think that's been lacking. Um, flip over to the other side of the ball, the Michigan defense against the Ohio State offense. As much as we talk about Blake Corum and how important it is to run the ball, control the line of scrimmage on offense and all that, and it's extremely important, I still think a lot of this game comes down to if Michigan can you know, get off the field on third down, force Ohio State to kick field goals, that sort of thing. Um, Ohio State with some uncertainty at running back. As well, we'll see who plays there, but it's the passing attack I think that really everybody's keying in on. Uh, Rod Moore says they want to slash that 394 yards that Ohio State had passing last year in half. Uh, he thought it was too much, even though they didn't allow some of those big plays. So they're you know they're feeling like they could do even better, even though I thought that game plan and what they did was fantastic. But 
Uh, what do you guys see out of this matchup? This is uh, obviously a very potent Ohio State offense, as as you come to expect. Yeah, I think C.J. Stroud's a little banged up. I don't know how much he's going to run. And we saw him limping around a little bit out there. He took a beating. Boy, it looked like he had a pit pointer after that one hit against Maryland. But um, I'm encouraged by the fact that uh, two things. Number one, this is a Penn State slowed them for the most part Mm -hmm. in that game. Penn State actually had more yardage than they did. Granted, a different environment. But um, you know what? They had a couple drives in the fourth quarter where they just moved down the field like three or four plays. And that's what you have to caution against, right? If that happens, then you're in trouble. You've got to hold this team to field goals. They're going to move the ball on you a little bit. There's no question about it. Still have to eliminate the running game. Uh, they've got a great third string running back. They always seem to have, like I said, one of these guys that comes out of nowhere, right, a week or two before Michigan and and has a big game. So you still have to be wary of that. And it's not just about getting pressure on Stroud. It's about mixing things up and confusing him a little bit, too. So, uh, which Notre Dame did, which Michigan did last year. I remember one time at the snap, it looked like they were bringing pressure and then everybody sprints back into coverage and CJ Stroud had no idea what to do with the ball. You know, there were a couple of coverage sacks in that game too, that I think people forget. It wasn't just Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo. There were a couple of times that Hutch, at least once where Hutch got there, you know, a little late, he was blocked and still got there because Stroud had to hold the ball. So, but you can't let him out like you did the uh, Nebraska quarterbacks and uh, and let them get yardage that way, let Stroud get yardage that way either. you got to pop him when you have a chance to hit him and make him uncomfortable. It would be great, as Doug Skeen says, if you can get a couple hits on him early and make him uncomfortable back there. So, But I like Michigan on both lines in this game. And, you know, what? I think you're going to see the ball come out a little earlier, uh, early on in that game from from Stroud. Uh, obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr. is the guy you got to watch. They've got other weapons, too. The tight ends. It wouldn't surprise me if they if they had some tight end plays in there this week. So, but again, I just can't wait to see it all come to fruition, guys, because, you know, you've been waiting all year for this. Uh, frankly, other than last week, it's been kind of boring, right? And we weren't kind of sure what to do with ourselves up there in the press box, you know, in a tight game. It's like, gosh, I can't. I can't go to the bathroom now. I got to sit here and I can't go get a water. So, but it'll be fun, boys. This is what Michigan, Ohio State's supposed to be. I can't wait to see, to get you guys down to the shoe and see what it's all about. Yeah. How many times, Chris, have, have you and I been sitting together up there this year and we're just kind of like, gosh, they're up by 27, 28. Right. We're just so bored because, right? Like, they felt it, it's felt like that there's still another gear for them to find, which some mm-hmm. would argue that, you know, through 11 games that you kind of are what you, you're, resume says you are at that point but yeah i mean for in terms of how you slow down the ohio state offense is is you don't you don't slow them down you just you shrink the field on them uh you make them go the long way you take uh take away the um you know the big plays i'd assume that there's going to be some safety help over top of uh of marvin harrison jr and and i hope that i don't have to eat my words here but this you know, he, he's tremendous. And if Jackson Smith and Jigba plays, I don't think he will at this point. Uh, that obviously adds a different dimension to it. But even this wide receiver group is not – it's not Olave. It's not Wilson. It's not Smith and Jigba. I think that group last year was a little bit bigger – or a little bit better, I should say. But the, the game plan remains the same. You keep them in front of you. You uh, you know don't, don't get beat over the top. You don't get beat – you know, no, none of these five-play, 75-yard drives. That's what you want to avoid. Uh, but Chris, I'm with, I'm with you. I mean, up front on both sides of the ball, uh, I feel like it feels like we haven't seen as much Yabioki and Derek Moore in terms of making a huge impact in recent weeks. I think we're going to see those guys somewhat unleashed. Uh, Mike Morris is uh, having him back. I mean, you just saw the value of 
he brings by not having him out there last week, how important a player he is to that defense. So I just feel like they're everyone's, you know, everyone's going to have their best for this game. And Mozzie Smith said it, uh, I believe it was Monday when we talked to him, he said, you don't, everyone knows, like, you don't want to be the guy that screws it up. You want to be the guy that takes care of your business, does your job and, and things like that. So I feel like, again, you want to, you're going to have to score a little bit, but I think if you get that, if you get them into a physical football game, they don't want to play that way. They can say they're tougher and that they have more of an edge to them that, Oh, woe is me. Uh, we everything was so dark and depressing because we lost one game in 10 years. They don't want to play a physical football game with you. And if you get them into a game like that, again, injuries, notwithstanding that benefits Michigan. So Make it physical, make it rainy, make it wet, make it uncomfortable because uh, CJ Stroud and this Ohio State offense is like Goldilocks. Porridge can't be too warm, can't be too cold. It's got to be just right. So you get them off schedule, um, you're going to give yourself a chance to win this football game. We need, to play, in a, right. we need to play in a dome. Right. <laughs> it was like the uh, remember what was the Prince at the Super Bowl where they said, Prince, it's uh, it's raining. What do you want us to do? And he said, I want you to make it rain harder. <laughs> so good. Just like that, too. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Make it rain, baby. Right, Clay? Absolutely. Make it rain. That's a key to the game right there, if, if Michigan could control that. Um, and it's going to come down to the offense, too, possessing the ball and keeping the, the ball out of the hands of the Ohio State offense. But at the same time, I, I got a trivia question for you guys. How badly did Michigan win the time of possession battle in last year's game against Ohio State? How, how many minutes did Michigan have, you think? Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Wow, that's a great question. I think it, I don't think it was as much as you think it was. It wasn't by much more. Uh, I, maybe I'll go I'll go as far as to say I maybe they didn't win it. Do they have like 28 minutes of possession or something like that? Yeah, it's a Trick question. Ohio yep. State won yeah. the time of possession battle because Michigan made them drive the length of the field. Think of that second to last possession yep. in that game where Ohio State drove down, scored a touchdown, did what they had to do. But it took so long that it immediately turned into, wow, we're late in this game. Next thing you know, Hassan Haskins comes charging down the field and you have to let him score. So um, I thought that, you know, looking at the box score yesterday, that was uh, very interesting to me. And, you know, it's telling because Ohio State had to punch it in from close their longest touchdown was a 25 yard pass uh obviously you know that's that's a nice touchdown there but they had to work for everything and as steve Klink scale says make them line up you know line back up you know no no big plays like that and you know what and they had to convert some fourth downs several yeah. times and things yeah. like that too and then one the one just got over aiden hutchinson's hand otherwise you know what you're winning that game you know mm -hmm. by two touchdowns or regulation running off the clock maybe even scoring one more on them just to drive a stake in them or whatever so but uh and by the way anthony it would be like I want you to make it rain harder, maybe from the waters of Lake Minnetonka. So that would be how it would go. Why don't so. you purify yourself of the water? Exactly. Quickly. All right. Exactly. I love it. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, something that was interesting to me too, is that I actually watched um, 
I watched the the sped up broadcast of that yesterday. I had it on the iPad when I was um, just doing some stuff. I kind of locked into it. And what gets lost in that is that Ohio State's offense, outside of its inability to run the football, I think actually played very well in that game. Probably probably better than it gets credit for. But the key to it was again making them making them go on long drives because you know at that at that point they're timing themselves out of winning a football game as opposed to. Yes you're holding the football. So absolutely. I mean, that's a good pull on your part in terms Thank of time you. of possession. Yeah. Not bad. Appreciate that fellas. And just to exemplify how dangerous these Ohio state receivers are, Marvin Harrison, jr. Ninth in the country with 1037 yards, Emeka Ogbuka 22nd with 914. That's a combined 1,951 between those two Michigan on the season total. This includes Cade McNamara, Davis Warren, J.J. McCarthy, uh, probably Brandon Mann, the walk-on member when they played like six or seven quarterbacks. Yeah, nine other quarterbacks game. they played. Yeah, 2,297, so only a 346-yard difference between two of Ohio State's receivers and Michigan's entire passing through 11 games. So those guys obviously have been really productive. Um, they're going to make catches. They're going to move the ball. You just have to line back up, you know, stop them, make it, you know, a little bit harder on them, make them go the long way, Anthony, as you said. I think Mike Morris is going to be a potential X factor in this game, uh, you know, in depending on how healthy he is. But uh, let's move on to our predictions uh, for this game. Before we do, talk about our friends at Prize Picks. Football is in full swing, the regular season winding down. There isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team than by playing daily fantasy with our friends. At Prize Picks, Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports, and just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. It's the best way to have action on the game in states like Michigan, Kentucky, Alabama, Florida, Texas, Georgia, and over 70% of the United States. Prize Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada, not Ontario. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. This week, uh, I have CJ Stroud going less than 290 and a half passing yards. Uh, he's been less than that in most games this season. JJ McCarthy, I have him going more than 15 and a half rushing yards. Chris, you talked about it earlier, but I do think this is a game where you don't hold anything back. I mean, you're not trying to get JJ killed out there, but. Um, there's going to be some design quarterback runs. There are going to be some scrambles that are there to be had. And I think JJ can take advantage of that. Yeah. Uh, what do you um, guys have this week? I'm right there with you more than 15 and a half. I think they're going to protect him well. And I think they're going to use him in the running game much more this week. You might as well not just read options and stuff too. It wouldn't surprise me to see some straight runs. So, um, I would like to see that. And I think he'll be well over that. Frankly, uh, number two, I have Ronnie Bell more than 55 yards uh, receiving. I think it's going to be a big day for him. He's had some big games against uh, what Michigan State a few years ago in some of these rivalry games. So I think he's out there to make uh, make a point in his last regular season Big Ten game. And I think he will. Um, you know, I, he's certainly not in the class of a Marvin Harrison Jr., but this guy's steady Eddie and need him to have a great game. And I think he's going to have a great game. Yeah, mine, I actually, uh, I mean, I don't want to rile up the sponsor, our good friends at Prize Picks, but I feel like mine is, my two are free money this week. I have more than six receptions for Marvin Harrison Jr. and more than 15 and a half rush yards for J.J. McCarthy. I think that's that's the one to me. So they're giving you uh, 
I should also say this. Uh, there's a promo on the site right now where if Justin Jefferson from the Vikings gains a single yard, that's a free square for you, essentially, um, in a two-play, you uh, you hit on that. So if you want to pair that with either of those ones that I just gave you, that more than six receptions for Marvin Harrison or more than 15.5 rush yards for J.J. McCarthy, I uh, feel pretty good about your chances this week. So uh, that's that's what I have. Yeah. Sign up now, get take advantage of those bonuses, build up your, your account a little bit, and then you know, you got a little uh you know, a little extra in there to uh to play some more games. So download the prize picks app or visit prizepicks.com. Sign up using the code Wolverine to get an instant 100 percent bonus on your hundred dollar up to a hundred dollars on your first deposit. So if you deposit a hundred dollars, prize picks will give you a hundred. If you deposit 50, prize picks will give you fifty dollars. Don't forget. That's the prize picks app or prizepicks.com and the code Wolverine to claim your bonus today and take your viewing of your team to the next level this season. Uh, Michigan, Ohio State opened up around, uh, I saw in some sports books, like nine and a half, 10, close to that, but it got bet down pretty quickly to Michigan as a seven and a half point dog at Ohio State over under 57. Um, my prediction would be different if there was a little bit more certainty with what's going to happen who's going to play, how much they're going to play, how healthy they are, that sort of thing. Um, I was leaning Ohio State last week. I, f- I felt like there was a chance I could get myself to picking Michigan in this game this week. Um, but when number two went down, you know, in the second quarter of the Illinois game, it, it kind of changed things a little bit. Um, the uncertainty has me picking Ohio State by, by seven points, something like 34 to 27. Uh may change those exact numbers, but, but right around the spread there, uh, I think it's going to be a good game. I think Michigan has a chance to win this game. Um, you know, if they do some of the things we've talked about already, uh, but right now in that environment, uh, you know, I feel safer taking Ohio state. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a 30 to 27 game. I think Michigan's going to put some points on the board and they're going to shorten it, but, and they're going to hold them to some field goals at times. I, I feel strongly about that, but I think, I don't think they're going to be able to run as much clock this time guys and hold the ball as long as they want to and shorten that game enough. So, and I think Ohio state will hit on a couple of plays. Um, you know what? Uh, you, you, it's been a great year and it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that Blake Corum won't be a hundred percent in this game, but, uh, if he was, I think Michigan would have a better chance. Even so, I like Michigan to keep it close, just not enough. Stat for you guys. Uh, I believe this is on the broadcast of the Ohio State game last week, and that Ohio State is 89-0 and 0 in its last you know, however many games when they score 30 points or more. So to me, that's the magic number. If you keep them under that, you're going to give yourself a shot. And you know, at this point, I know with the injuries, there's some uncertainty there. I know that uh, – I know, I know what the narratives are this week, but I feel like I've come this far and I can't shake this feeling that, that this team, this team has something special in them still, regardless of who's on the field, regardless of who's out there. Obviously, you know, if you're losing a bunch of star players, but you know, I've seen Michigan state go down to Ohio state and win with their third string quarterback. I've seen this Ohio state team get pushed around at times. And I, I just, I, when you look at the two teams, 11 and 0 starts, I see a lot more fool's gold in what Ohio state's done compared to what Michigan's done. Um, more often than not, Michigan has been thorough and dominant every single week. I think that they have the advantage on both lines of scrimmage. And I just, it, it doesn't feel right for this, for this season that they've had to end the way that uh, some might expect it to. So I'm going 
More Jake Moody heroics. I'm going Michigan 30, Ohio State 28. Uh, Michigan escapes by the skin of its teeth in Columbus and wins two in a row for the first time since 99 and uh, 2000. So clip me, uh, ratio me if it goes wrong. I don't care. I'm sticking to my guns, though. I just I can't shake this feeling. I, I don't know Good. what else to say. No, no I, Isn't that I a song? It. I can't shake this feeling. So whatever <laughs> so bad. It's, i can't fight this feeling but all right Mario Speedwagon. that's right so, okay there you go. Same, same type of deal there um yeah i i love it i love it i think they're gonna have a chance um and i could see that happening and jake moody is a kid who said that he dreams about uh beating ohio state on a game-winning kick it could come down to that what two game-winning kicks in a row would be unbelievable but it's good to have that guy on your side when you're going down into this environment and when it could come down to a play like that um I feel better about Jake Moody than any kicker ever, uh, you know, college kicker um, that I've seen at least. And, and that would be huge. So uh, let's talk about offensive players of the game. Uh, who's going to be the guy, you know, everybody talks about this. I heard John Jansen say it earlier on in the week is, you know, this is a game where legends are made. We talked about it on Monday night as well. I've heard a lot of people say that you look at, all sorts of guys uh, throughout history on both sides of this rivalry, even Chris Olave a few years ago. He, he wasn't Chris Olave until uh, the Michigan game. And you, you see all sorts of new names emerge. I said it in 2017 when John O'Corn, who did not play a good game, um, was not a good quarterback. But when they had the ball down, I think, four points driving down, you know, it was about the first play when he threw the pick. But I said he could become a legend right here. Not, not a Michigan legend his entire career, all this stuff. But that drive would be legendary from a guy like him, and he would be, you know, beloved. Um, you know, instead he was in tears in the post-game press conference. It's that sort of difference that that this game, uh, you know, can do for you. So, with that said, uh, I think Donovan Edwards is going to play at less than 100%, of course. But I, I just have kind of had this feeling that I, you know, I can kind of picture him making some plays and it's going to be one of those things that we potentially talk about. I'm not even saying necessarily they win because I obviously I don't think they're going to. I think they can. Um, but it's going to be one of those things we talk about. Remember when Donovan Edwards with, you know, whatever it is, you know, on his hand or wrapped hand or whatever, uh, you know, did that against Ohio State. So I'm going to go with him on the offensive side. I could see that happening, assuming that he can grip the ball and everything and that he's the guy. If that's the case, then I will go with him. Otherwise, I'm going with J.J. McCarthy to, to come out of his shell and really lead a strong offensive effort behind an outstanding offensive line performance. So that's my pick. I know we like variety here, but I'm, I'm going with J.J. McCarthy as well. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's message to him this week is, is have at it. And I don't know. I don't know what unleashing JJ McCarthy looks like at this point. Uh, I certainly don't think it's him running around back there like like CJ Stroud does and just chucking the ball to whoever down the field. But this this guy, we haven't seen him play his best football game yet. We haven't seen this. Quite frankly, we haven't seen this team play his best football game yet. And I feel like this moment is going to bring that out of him. So I'll, I'll go down with the ship and say JJ McCarthy. Yeah, he's going to have to play well. I think Luke Schoonmaker is another dark horse there. I could see him having a big day on the offensive side. And the whole offensive line, as we talked about earlier, has to be big. Uh, on the defensive side, I said earlier, Mike Morris, potential X factor. It's another feeling that I, I just kind of picture Chris Jenkins on the defensive line having a big game. They're going to need to stop the run. They're going to need to rush the passer. He's been good at both this season from his de defensive tackle spot. So I'm going to go with the mutant, the man they call the mutant, uh, Chris Jenkins. 
I'm going to go with Rod Moore, and I think it's going to be, yeah, you know what, a couple things. I think he'll have a couple big plays, but I think he's going to make a lot of those tackles that, you know, initially it's going to keep these guys from getting out of the end zone and making them kick field goals. And I just think he's the kind of guy that thrives on a game like this going home and, and trying to prove something. A guy that's not the most athletic or the most special athlete, but uh, as a special football player. CB, you and I are locked in this week. I was going to go with Rod Moore too. I think he's put mm-hmm. the buff. I think he's put the buffs on this week. I think his iPad has probably logged, you know, probably 50, 60 hours of film on this this team since uh, since Saturday night. So I'm going to go with Rod Moore, and then also, uh, you know, I think we're going to get a good a good DJ Turner game as well. Both of those would be huge. Yeah, Rod Moore said he's watched the Michigan Ohio State game from last year multiple times throughout the season on film, like a lot of us, honestly, you mm-hmm. know, since that game have, have flipped on that game. Um, and he would be huge. He led Michigan in tackling last year against the Buckeyes as a true freshman going against uh, a team that he said it, it's personal against for him. Um, so that would be huge. Uh, final segment, pick three games from the college football week 13 slate. No man knows the future. Nebraska at Iowa. If Iowa wins this game, the Hawkeyes are headed to Indianapolis, I believe, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Ten and a half point favorites at home over under a whopping 38 and a half. Iowa's going to finish the deal. It did did not look good uh, for much of the season for the Hawkeyes in terms of, you know, being that team that ends up in Indianapolis for a second straight year. But somehow the West has just cannibalized itself, is not very good, and they're in position. Yeah, like Iowa to cover. I think Nebraska sucks, and I think Iowa is going to pound it. <coughs> Excuse me, pound it at them <coughs> and win this game. Yeah, all of a sudden, Iowa winners of four in a row. Uh, yeah, because because football is funny that way. I do think that Iowa will will cover. They're going. They're going to head back to Indianapolis. Uh, you know, somehow, some way, despite having an offense that sets the game back forty or fifty years, they find a way to get it done. This game's always weird, too. It's on Friday afternoon, 4 p.m. kick. So uh, keep an eye on for that. There's quite a few actually decent-ish games on Friday, but at least there's some college football. Um, This game on Saturday, Michigan State at Penn State. Michigan State looking for a bowl berth. I guess there are going to be some five-win teams that make it. So, you know, I guess you hope it's not them. But Penn State, they've been covering everything lately. This is quietly, nobody's talking about them, a very, very good football team. They're number 11 in the country. That win has continued to age well for both Michigan and Ohio State, but Michigan dominating Penn State in that game. They're 18.5-point favorites at home, over under 52.5. I'm going to take Penn State to cover for what feels like four or five you know, weeks in a row. Yeah, I think so, too. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball in Michigan State, and I don't think they're going to be able to throw the ball on that Penn State secondary like they did against Indiana. So I like Penn State to win going away. Penn State, and then hopefully the Spartans just disappear the rest of the year. We don't need five and seven Spartans in a bowl game. We just don't. So nobody does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last game: Notre Dame at USC. USC five and a half point favorites at home. Over under sixty four and a half. USC coming off of a big win over UCLA, and everyone's talking about USC now. Everybody's talking about the offense. Caleb Williams is what the new Heisman front runner. UCLA's defense is terrible. Notre Dame actually has a pretty good defense. We saw even going back to what they did against Ohio State. Uh, I think Notre Dame's going to cover here. Notre Dame's been sneaky, like pretty decent lately. And, you know, they just won 44 to nothing over a terrible BC team. But I'll take uh, Notre Dame. 
I like Notre Dame to win. And maybe it's wishful thinking to get USC out of the yeah. the, the uh, playoff uh, conversation. But this is one of those games where they rise to the occasion often. And, you know, they've been playing at a level of their competition this year. Might as well play to it this week and win a game. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, this Notre Dame team, you know, they have wins over North Carolina, over BYU, over Syracuse, Clemson. So I kind of I kind of like them in this game, period. Uh, yeah, it's... Michigan fans, I mean, you're going to have to root for the Irish this week uh, if you're looking well, for a scenario where where you can slide into the playoff with a potential loss on Saturday. But, yeah, hopefully you, you just take care of your business and you don't have to worry about it. But I do I do like Notre Dame to win this game outright, to be frank. Yeah, you're going to know by the time this game kicks off at 730 if you have to root for Notre Dame or not. So that makes it a little bit better that instead of kind of being like, ah, I don't know uh, if this game were on Friday, for example. But – you're going to know if Michigan wins, you know, you can root for USC. I mean, I know you could lose in the big 10 title, but I think the winner of Michigan, Ohio state is pretty much a lock uh, to make the playoffs. So um, that is going to be our show for this week. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We appreciate you head to the Wolverine.com. Get all of our coverage there. $10 for premium access until next football season. Enjoy the game on Saturday. Uh, and we will see you next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-420-47 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.